Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Meadowview Weekly Sermon Podcast. We're a church who seeks to grow in Christ, gather in community, and go in obedience to the Great Commission. Hey, church, good morning to you. A little awkward this morning. I actually just found out this morning that I have been exposed to COVID, and so uh, by a family member, uh, my mother, and so she's actually in the hospital right now. And uh, that way I'm recording my sermon here really quick and then I'm going to jet out of here so as to not to expose anybody or or cause anything um, um, bad to happen. So uh, just ask that you would pray for my family, pray for my mother particularly. And um, and yeah, hopefully we'll get through all this pretty quick. I'm going to give a real quick sermon and uh, hopefully this is. Uh, going to work this morning. So happy Advent to you. I uh, want to thank Jonathan Pig for stepping in last week for me and doing a great job. And uh, looked at hope. This week we look at peace. And so if you have your Bibles, turn to First Peter uh, with me. First Peter chapter two is kind of where we're going to land, pick up today. And uh, a couple of things I want you to see out there in the lobby. Uh, there's a couple ways to give Lottie Moon. Uh, there's envelopes out there. Uh, we do support the IMB. We do support missions. We want to see uh, God's word go global. We do support uh, Africa uh, Shepherd's Heart International, and that's kind of who we've partnered with this Christmas to do gifts. So you can uh, take a tag off and you can help purchase a sewing machine, which is actually a knitting machine so that they can be more self-sustaining, and a water tank so that they can have fresh water. Uh, Also, there's a Bible out there for you. Uh, This is our gift to you, Um, and so it's a one-year chronological Bible, so that'll be our reading plan. There's also a Grace Group discussion card out there with that. So to kind of get where we are today, we are in 1 Peter, and 1 Peter chapter 2 is kind of a therefore, and so why are we therefore? And it it goes back to what he says in chapter 1, which is basically you've been saved, you've been born again, you've, you've been given this living hope. So therefore, okay, and so let's pick up right there, verse 1. So put away all malice and all deceit and all hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Like newborn infants, long for pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into your salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house, to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Verse 6, For it stands in Scripture, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone, chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So the honor is for you who believe. But for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become a cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumbled because they disobey the word, and they were destined as they were destined to do. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not, once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day 
of visitation. First thing I want you to see is we are at peace with God through Jesus Christ, having been born again. So let us, this is what he says, put away all malice and all deceit, all hypocrisy, envy, and all slander. This is what he's saying to us, like, we've got to put away. This word put away is actually to take off soiled garments. If your clothes are dirty, you want to get those clothes off because you want to put on fresh clothes. And so he's saying, look, your old self is dirty. Put off the things that are of the old way and put on Christ. William Barclay says this, no Christian can stay the way he is. If God's doing a work in your life, there's no way that you can stay the way that you are. If he's given you a new heart and a new desire and a new life, if you're reborn, if you're born again, there's going to be some changes that take place in your life. So take off the soiled garments. Take off these soiled garments. Allowing our former way of life, our sins to remain, the dirt, it will prevent us from experiencing the peace of God. That there will be a war that's waging within us because God's done something new in us. And if we don't put off these old things, we're, we're, we're going to be tossed to and fro. You'll never truly experience the peace of God until you put away the old sins. If you're hanging on to the former way of life, it will pervert your desires. You'll begin to desire things that are contrary to the nature in which God has reborn you into. You'll desire to feed on things of this world rather than feed on the word of God. Galatians 5, 17, Paul says this, For the desires of the flesh is against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, in order to keep you from doing whatever you want. Accepted sins, get this, will cause conflicts to arise personally and corporately. If we allow these sins to, to, to remain it's going to wage a war within us because he's done a work within us, but it's also going to wage a war outside of us in the relationships that we have. See, the war is, is going to be a war within you, and it's also going to be among you. James, the half-brother of Jesus in chapter 4, verses, verse 1, he says, What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? That there's something going on in you because you failed to put off the old self? You failed to put off those sins, malice and deceit and envy and hypocrisy and slander? Peter's telling believers, if you want the peace, the peace of God, then you've got to put off the old self. You've got to put on Christ. This is the same language that Paul uses in Romans chapter 13. He says, rather clothe yourself or put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. He's like, you've got to take off the old and put on the new. So put away all malice. This word malice in the Greek is really just a general term for wickedness. And he's like, look, the wicked ways, the way that you used to act, the ill will and, and the evil Intentions, they, they need to be put away. Put away all deceit. Deceit is this clever action of deliberately being dishonest for personal gain. He's like, look, stop living for yourself because if, if that's the way you're acting, you're not living for Christ and for his, for his community. And so that's going to wage war within you. The peace of God is unsustainable when we deliberately use people for our personal gain. Put away all hypocrisy. That's wearing a mask. You see, people who play the Christian game and act one way in church and another way in the world, there's no peace. There's no peace in that. Put away all envy. Envy is the jealousy 
of others when they're successful, but it's also the happiness of failure of others. It's, it's being jealous of people's success, but it's also being happy of people's failures. Envy kills the peace of God because it turns you into a resentful, angry, grouchy, miserable, critical person. If you ever notice that sometimes in church there's a lot of grouchy, miserable, angry people, is it because they failed to put off envy? They failed to take that off and put on Christ? And finally, slander. We know slander it includes gossip and lying and spreading rumors and telling tales and, and, and doing all kinds of things behind people's backs. Ephesians, Paul tells, tells us that, that no unwholesome word should proceed from our mouth. No unwholesome word. We should be a people who bring peace with our words. People often come to church in search of peace, the peace of God, only to find a people of God who haven't put away all malice, all deceit, all hypocrisy, all envy, and all slander. Matthew chapter 5, verse 9 Uh, Jesus, the Sermon on the Mount, he said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Peacemakers. The people of God are called to be peacemakers. You can't be a peacemaker if you haven't first put off the sins that prevent peaceful relationships. If you haven't put that off, you can't be a peacemaker. There was once a little girl who told her mom, Hey, at church today, I was a peacemaker. And her mom was like, oh, sweetie, that's, that's real nice. Were you, were you solving a conflict or a fight in Sunday school class? And she said, no, I simply knew something and didn't repeat it. We need to be peacemakers in the church. So put off. The same thing is we are to be peace. We are, we are at peace with God through Jesus Christ, having been born again. So let us long for pure spiritual milk. Let's long for it. This is what he says, verse two, like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation. If indeed you've tasted that the Lord is good. This reminds me of Psalm 41, uh, 42, 1. As the deer pants for water, so my soul longs for you. Right? You don't have to tell baby to cry for milk. It just knows to cry for milk. You don't have to tell it it's time. You don't have to tell it it's hungry. It's going to let you know. And the thing is, is if the baby didn't let you know, if the baby didn't cry, if the baby wasn't hungry, you'd know that there's something wrong. You know that something's off. You see, if you're a believer and you don't hunger for the word of God, then you need to take an inventory of your life because something is wrong. When I was a teenager, I went to a youth camp and uh, we were up in the woods, we were up in the mountains, and there was a pond that you could swim in and that pond was a little dirty, like it was kind of stagnant, right? I went swimming in that pond and uh, sure enough, I got a parasite. And I had the parasite all summer long, and I lost my appetite. I would, I would think I was hungry, and I would go to the restaurant, and I would order a big old fat bacon cheeseburger, and I'd be like, I want a big old fat greasy bacon cheeseburger and fries. And they would sit that big old greasy thing in front of me, and I would turn green. Oh, I just have no appetite whatsoever. See, sometimes when we have no appetite for the Word of God, It's because there's sin in our life that's keeping us from that appetite. We're spiritually sick. We have a sin parasite that's keeping us from hungering and thirsting for the Word of God. So we need to do an inventory, like a baby crying for milk. Does your life cry out for the Word of God? Does it cry out for that? Because that's where we find the peace of God, is in the Word of God. This is what Scripture tells us, that we need to grow up in the Lord. You know, this last week I got to take my son 
on his birthday trip. He turned 18 years old. So I am now a parent of an adult. So y'all need to pray for me, okay? I don't think I'm that old, but evidently I am, uh, that I have an adult son. And what he wanted to do for his 18th birthday was go fishing out in the sea. And so we went offshore fishing and we caught some king mackerel and some sharks and all kinds of things. He made his first adult decision to hold the shark by himself, which I wouldn't have done. He, He was all about that. You know what he asked for for his birthday dinner? He wanted fresh grilled fish that we caught and hot wings. That's a man. That's a man lunch right there. That's what he wanted. He did not ask for a baby bottle. I'm so glad he didn't ask for a baby bottle. I would have been so embarrassed if he had asked for a baby bottle. How embarrassing is it when we when we don't grow up in the Lord and we we just settle for milk? 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 1 through 3, Paul, Paul says this, but I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people because, uh, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. And even now you're not yet ready, for you are still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, and you are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? He's like, look, you haven't put those things off. You're still, you're still behaving this way because you, you're an infant in the, in the word of God. You're not growing and going deep in the word of God. You see, spiritual infancy begins with milk, but it grows. It grows into solid food. And so we, we need to go deep in the word of God. You don't go out to dinner and order a bottle of milk. You go out to dinner to order a big old fat steak because you know it's delicious and it's going to satisfy. So at some point, you don't come to church for a bottle. You don't come to church for milk. You come to church to be fed on the Word of God, on the deep things of God. And that's why he says, by it, you may grow up in salvation. Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews in chapter 5, verses 12 through 14 says, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk and not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. We are to grow up in the Lord, and you grow up in the Lord by going deep in the Word of God. You see, the peace of God is found in putting off the old sins and also going deep in the Word of God. Peace comes by hearing, believing, receiving, and applying the Word. If we don't apply the Word, we're not going to grow deep because hearing, receiving is not enough. Look at the parable of the sower. It's only the good soil that applied, that understood the word and produced a fruit. Third, we are at peace with God through Jesus Christ, having been born again, so let us come to him. Simple, huh? Let's come to him together. As you come to him, verse 4, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices accepted to God, through Jesus Christ. We are to come to him together to be built up in the body. So what Peter says here is, hey, if you want the peace of God, you need to be the people of God. And to be the people of God, you need to come to be built up together as living stones. The church functions by coming to him in order to be built up as a spiritual house. I mean, the biblical definition of Christianity, if you take it, has to do with community. There is no individual Christianity. It's all about community. When you look at it through Scripture, Christ has called us to be living stones, to be built up. William Barclay says it this way, 
So long as a brick lies by itself, it's useless. It becomes of use only when it's incorporated into a building. So it is with the individual Christian. To realize his destiny, he must not remain alone, but must be built into the fabric of the church. Let me tell you, if you want to know the peace of God, then you need to be a part of the people of God. That, that, is, that is so simple. Sometimes we miss out on the fact that there is no peace because we, we've, not, we've not been built up in the body of Christ. We need to spend time in personal discipleship and corporate relationship. That, that's why we're pushing that. Is in a time of a pandemic, we can have personal discipleship. Be in God's Word. Go deep in God's Word, but have corporate relationship. Share in conversations with one another. Talk about God's Word. Pray with one another because we're being built up into the, the spiritual house that we're called to be. You'll never have the full experience of peace with God until you find your place with the people of God. The, the, the thing here is the church functions by coming to him to be a, a holy priesthood, to be, a, to be built up, but also to be a holy priesthood that offers spiritual sacrifices. We're to be a priesthood. That means two things. That, number one, we're to be someone who brings people to God. The word priesthood in the, in, in the Latin means bridge builder. So we're to be a people who bring people to God. There, there's, a, there's a saying out there on our, in our lobby wall that says we want to be a church that passionately loves other people to Jesus Christ. It means we go far beyond saying, hi, how are you? Good to see you. Good day. No, we want to love people in such a way that they are built up into the body and then we bring them to the Lord. So we bring those people we know need to encounter Jesus Christ to find peace, to find peace with God in the people of God, in the church that he's established. We all have a work to do. Uh, my job here is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry and to build up the body of Christ. And that means that you have a job. You have a job to grow up in being equipped with a deeper understanding of the word of God so that you can effectively do the work and the ministry of God, which is the building up of the body of Christ and bringing people to experience Jesus. This is done by putting off the old sins that prevent peace and by putting on Christ for the purpose of building up his church. The second thing here, you know, a church brings people, a priest brings people to God, but he also made sacrifices on behalf of people. He, he came to worship. You came here today to worship God. That's, that's your purpose. You came to worship. You came to present yourself as a sacrifice to God. You came to pour out your affections on him. You came to him today to recalibrate the purpose of being a believer. And you do that in the body of Christ. See, worship is not what you get. Worship is what you give. Worship is not what you get. Worship is what you give. You come today to give an offering. The peace of God is found in the genuine worship of God. He says there in verse 8 there, that Jesus is a stone that people stumble over. He, he's a rock of offense, and they stumble because they disobey the word. Listen, some of us, we're, we're stumbling in our walk with Christ because we, we aren't obeying the word of Christ. We're not growing deep in the word of God. So here's the last thing. We are at peace with God through Jesus Christ, having been born again. So let us proclaim the excellencies of him who called us out of darkness into marvelous light. You want to know the peace of God? Be a proclaimer of the peace of God. Proclaim. He says, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. 
Once you were not a people, but now you're God's people. Once you were you had you hadn't received mercy, but now you have received mercy. The peace of God is found in knowing that you are the people of God. What what better way to have peace than to know that you are the people of God? God has called you. He's chosen you. You're a royal nation. You're a holy people. You're you're called by him. This is what God has done. He's made peace by the blood of the cross on our behalf. That's what Colossians tells us. He has made peace so that we can have peace through the blood of the cross. Today, I ask you, do you know the peace of God? Do you know it? Have you found redemption through the love and the acceptance of Jesus Christ? Then let me ask you, have you gone deep in his word? Are you, are you craving it like pure spiritual milk? Have you come to him for salvation? If you haven't, I, I plead with you today, call out on his name. Call out on the name that brings peace. If you do know the peace of God, then understand this, this marvelous truth. You are the possession of God called to proclaim the excellencies of God. You are a possession with the purpose of proclaiming peace, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. We're called to be peacemakers. We're called to tell people. And so he says in verse 11, Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles, abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Peter, again, is calling believers, hey, you got to put off those things. They're going to distract you from your purpose. Don't let the things of this world distract you. You are called to proclaim the marvelous light. You're, you're called to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. You're called to proclaim peace. And keep your conduct, verse 12, among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. Church, we're called to be a witness. We're called to be a witness in our words. We're called to be a witness in our actions. We're called to be peacemakers. We have been brought peace by Jesus Christ. So, therefore, let's. Let's come to him. Let's worship him. Let's put off the old self. Let's go deep in God's word. Let's grow in our knowledge of salvation. Let's grow in sanctification until the day we reach glorification. Listen, peace comes from hearing, believing, receiving. Thanks for listening. It is our prayer that this message has helped you grow in your walk with Christ. Please subscribe to hear new sermons 